Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Secrets of Success. We are jumping into module number three, and I'm excited to be hanging out with all you guys. Uh, I love that we're recording these live because I don't know about you, it gives me more energy and more excitement. Um, whenever I record things just in a studio, it's always a little different because you know you mess up a thousand times, you keep restarting. When you go live, like you have to keep going. And for me, it just it makes the training and education better. Um, in fact, when I buy courses traditionally, I like buying courses that are recorded from a live event just because there's different energy that comes with it. So make sure you guys are jumping on and being part of this as we go live. Uh, for those who are watching the replay in the members area, um, don't worry, we'll keep doing these, keep hanging out so you guys can come to live ones as well. But uh, I'm excited to be live with you guys today. And um, I hope that you are enjoying Secrets of Success. I hope you're diving all in. I hope that you are coming into this membership site with a goal, with a dream, with something you're pursuing. Because when you have something you're applying this stuff to, it's, it's so much more fun. Uh, I was thinking back about when I first started my business. Um, and prior to that, like when I was going through school, I don't know about you guys, but I struggled in school. I'm the ADHD kid who couldn't pay attention to understand my teachers. Uh, I graduated college with the two point, or sorry, graduated high school with a 2.8, which I, you know, not even a 3.0. And then I got to college and I graduated college with a 2.3. Um, I really struggled. I was able to get good enough grades. I could continue to wrestle, but I always struggled. I didn't like reading. I didn't understand the, the stuff. Like I couldn't pay attention. And I literally thought I was a dumb kid almost my whole life. Um, I just assumed like, well, I'm dumb. That's what, that's, that's my identity. We're gonna talk about identity a little bit today. We'll have a whole nother margin going deep on identity, but that was my identity. I thought I was dumb. And so, um, when you're, when you're going through that lens, it's hard to read things and I had nothing to apply it towards. Nothing mattered. And then when I got into college, um, after I met my beautiful wife and I realized I wanted to get married to her and I realized I had no money and I was wrestling at my university. So I couldn't even get a job. I was like, I have to figure out how to make money if I want to marry this woman. Right. And so I proposed to her cause that's step number one is jumping all in. And I was like, how am I going to make some money? So I started trying to figure out this whole internet thing. How can I saw people making money on the internet? How do I do it? Right. So I started going down that rabbit hole. I was studying, I was learning. And eventually I started a business. Right, and I had this little business. Um, those who were here from the, the business world, who studying my business stuff, have come over. You've heard some of these stories. For those who were just here for personal development stuff, you probably never heard this. Um, but uh, my very first products I ever created was this little software product called Zip Brander, and. I, what it does doesn't even matter. It doesn't even make any sense, but it was a little software product I created and I had a website up and I was selling it and I was selling, I don't know, one or two copies a day. And I remember at this time I went to uh, an event and it was a live event. I showed up at the event and I'm trying to learn marketing and all these people are talking about stuff. And I don't remember it very much. That it, was, it was like information overload. Like it was like having a hose in my mouth. I was just like, I can't handle everything. It was too much stuff. But I remember one speaker said something and it was like this one nugget. It was something he had tested something on his webpage. And it was like, he, I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was like, he switched his headline from a, from black to, from black headline to a red headline or something. And by doing that, he increased his conversion by something, I don't know, 20% or 30%. And I was like, huh. So for the entire three day event, like there was the, like all this stuff was happening. There's one little nugget. I grabbed that one little nugget. I'm like, okay, this is the one piece. I went back home. I took my website that I was driving traffic to. And I changed the headline from black to red, red to black. I can't remember exactly what it was. But I made that little change. And sure enough, what happened is uh, more people came to the page and more people bought, like 20 or 30% more people bought because of the change of the color of the headline. It was one of those things I was like, this makes no logical sense, but it worked. And I was like, I can't believe I learned something and then I applied it and I made more money. And that was like game changer for me. I was like, huh, I wonder if there's anything else I can learn. So then I started like, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to, those, those things with binders and paper and the book things that people always talk, I'm going to go, I'm going to read a book. I hate books. I'm going to try one. So I was like, what's the best book I can learn business from? So I found a book. I read it. And I remember most book that like, was over my head, didn't pay attention. It was like one or two nuggets. I was like, huh, that's really good. So I took that one thing. I went, I applied it to my business. And I made more money. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, like, I discovered 
the secret to life. Like I can go learn something, I apply it and it gets better, but I had to have something to apply it to, right? Because I had a business, I started making these applications and I became obsessed with reading. I'd go to, I'd read book after book after book and I'd go through all these pages, four or 500 pages in book. And I wasn't looking for a thousand things. I was looking for one. If I could pick one like piece of gold out and I could apply it to my business, and I made more money. Like it was worth it for me. I go to events. I remember sitting at events sometimes, three, four, five day long events, sitting there, listen, speaker one, speaker two, like hoping to find something. A lot of times after you had a lot of events, it was like the same thing over and over and over again. It was harder to find new things. And then eventually I remember, um, I'd be like at the, you know, in the hallway talking to somebody and some guy would be like, oh, I did this thing, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I was like, ah, that was like, that was the nugget. I spent four days here and $2,000 to pay for the ticket and everything. But that was the one piece. I run back home, I apply it to my business and all of a sudden I made more money. And got to the point where like, I literally had a motto. Um, I should probably bring this back to my company. We had this philosophy. It was like, how do we give ourselves a raise every single day? Every day if I can learn something and I can apply it, it's like give myself a raise every single day. Like I'm gonna do that every single day. Like take something and apply it. Take something and apply it. And that became this new thing. It became a game. And that's why we started becoming obsessed with reading and studying and learning because I knew if I learned something, I could apply it to my life and it would change it. And in this case, it was my business. Okay, now I'm telling you this not because I don't, I don't, half of you guys are probably in business, half of you guys aren't in business, then that part doesn't matter to me as much as like, if you're just learning to learn, it's not gonna be that beneficial. So you gotta apply it to something, okay? That's why uh, week number two last week, we spent so much time figuring out like, what's your definite purpose? What's the goal? What's the thing you were trying to pursue and achieve? Because when you have that, now all if you're learning, like, you, don't, like, you can go through and read five books, but there's one nugget comes out and you apply that and you become better at it, you get closer to your goal, it was worth it, Right? Yeah, I mean, think about Secrets of Success membership site. Like you guys in the members area, it's a hundred bucks a month, right? Like, it's not cheap. You're here for a hundred bucks a month. You're, actually, you're scouring everything to find one piece. But that one piece, you're like, oh, that was the nugget. It was from Elsie's book, uh, booklet number four. She said this one thing, like that was the nugget I got. Is that worth a hundred bucks? Yeah, it can transform your business, transform your life, right? So it's, it's treasure hunting and trying to find those things. And my job is as much as possible is to do as much treasure hunting for you as I can and try to pull out things like, check out this, check out this, look at this one, look at this one. So that's kind of my role in this whole thing. But at the same time for your job is to show up and like, okay, I need to find something that I can apply to the thing I'm trying to do. Because if I can find that thing, I can change, you know, I can, I can progress further. I can get there faster. I can, I can make the leaps and bounds I'm trying to get towards my goal, okay? So again, making sure that each of you guys are here with an active goal of what you're trying to pursue. Okay. If you don't have that yet, go back to module two, go watch that again, get back down and figure out what your definite purpose is, what that thing is you're going to be pursuing, and then apply all the stuff towards that thing. Okay. If you do that, it'd be a lot of fun. Does that sound fair? Okay. So I'm going to jump in today. We're going to transition a little bit. Again, day number one, or sorry, module number one, we talked about the resistance, right? Um, that was the big, the big focal point was like helping us understand like, this is the enemy. This is going to be holding you back. Uh, one of the exercises we had you do was like actually map down, like, when did you feel the resistance? Like, what were the things? Like, oh, every time I tried to stand to work, this would happen. Or when I would try to do this, this would happen. Or I talked to my spouse or my kid or whatever. Like, this is where resistance was hitting me and, and starting to like take notes then and starting to see the patterns and see where you're getting pulled away from your, from having success, right? Which is such a big part. So we talked about that a lot and helping us identify it. I think Man, for me, like 95% of it's just identifying, like being aware of it and then having a name I can attach to it. After I know that, it's like, oh, ah, that was resistance. Ah, I'm stopping. Oh, they're pulling me off. Like, no, get back on track. Get back on track, right? When you're aware of it, you can do something about it. So hopefully that brought like extreme uh, awareness to you of like when resistance is holding you back and keeping you from doing it, okay? Module number two, we started jumping into like picking your definite purpose and figuring out what the thing is you actually want, right? Some people, especially in the personal development space, they come because they love the learning and the, the excitement, but they don't have a... They don't have a direction. That's something they're moving towards. And so we figure out, like, what is that thing that you're moving towards um, and really figuring that out? So module number three, I want to talk about, um, in fact, the title of module number three is the refusal of the call. And um, some of you guys may have heard that and say, wait, I've heard that, that phrase, refusal of the call before. I've, I've heard, what is that thing, right? So refusal of the call, 
This actually comes from one of my favorite frameworks. Um, this is a framework I've used in a lot of different parts of my life, uh, both in business, in personal development, in goal setting, and all sorts of stuff. And it's a framework called the hero's journey. And this is what the hero's journey looks like. And I'm not going to go deep into the hero's journey today. Um, I mean, part of me wants to write a whole book just showing how the hero's journey works, specifically for goal setting and like hitting your, your goals. Uh, I'm not going to do that, but I want to tell you guys a story about what it is. And then we're going to dive into the first three sections of the hero's journey today because uh, it's the key. This is where most people stop. It's where most people get stuck. It's where most people stop progressing. Okay, so the hero's journey, the, the basic concept behind it um, is um, there's a guy named Joseph Campbell. Uh, he wrote a, a lot of good, in fact, the first book I found here is called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. And in this book, he talked about the fact that like, um, he did a you know, lifelong worth of study and found out that, that throughout every generation, every uh, culture, that everybody basically from the beginning of time till now, didn't matter where in the world you live, they all, everyone had the same story arc they used for myths and stories and stuff like that, the exact same storyline. And he called it The Hero's Journey. Um, and it's interesting because it doesn't matter where you are in the world, or what time period, like everybody's story structure followed the same thing. Uh, and so Hero's book called The Hero of Thousand Faces. And then recently I went down the Joseph Campbell rabbit hole and I found that he did books and courses and seminars. And so I, I bought every Joseph Campbell VHS tape and cassette tape and record. Like I have the whole, I have everything that he's ever published. It's really exciting. Um, but it's all based on this one framework, which is the hero's journey. So one of the ways it became, po- became really popular um, nowadays was after Joseph Campbell re- wrote this, uh, then George Lucas found his book. He read the whole thing. He's like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. I'm going to write a screenplay. And I'm going to follow everything in the hero's journey to a T. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mess up anything. He sat down and wrote a screenplay for a little movie called Star Wars. And the reason why Star Wars became Star Wars is because it literally followed the hero's journey perfectly, flawlessly uh, before Disney screwed it up. But anyway, the originals all followed this perfectly. Um, and so that's what's so powerful. And then from there, uh, Christopher Vogler took this framework. He wrote a couple of books like uh, Screenwriters or um, the Screenwriters Guide, a couple other ones uh, that took this and, and simplified it a little bit more. And from there, if you look at Disney, um, Vogler worked for Disney and all of Disney movies for the most part follow the hero's journey flawlessly, like all of them do. So you will be familiar with this because you've watched movies, you've heard stories. Um, and so I'm mean, again, I'm not going to go through all of it, but if you look at this, there's four different parts. There's like part number one, which is called action. Part number two is the road trials. Part number three is the transformation. Part number four is the end game. And inside of each of those things, there's different steps, right? So the first part here starts in the ordinary world. From there, they get the call to adventure. After the call to adventure, they have the refusal of the call. Then they actually go and they meet their mentor. And from there, uh, they've crossed the first threshold. Then they have their, uh, their allies, their enemies, their tests. Then they approach the innermost cave. Then they have the ordeal, the thing they're trying to solve. And then they usually win it. And then they start going back to the ordinary world. But then something bad happens. They have to resave it uh, at the end of the day. And then they return back home with the elixir. Okay, so you can fit any movie into there. Like, uh, a couple of good examples, just quick off the top of my head. Um, if you'll get Lord of the Rings, right? It starts at the very beginning. So Frodo is living in the ordinary world. He is in the Shire, right? And then all of a sudden, here's this call to adventure. Like, you need to go take this ring to Mordor and throw it in. And what happens? He's like, no, that sounds scary. He refuses the call. Like, I don't want to do that. that sounds horrible. Ah. And he refuses the call. And then from there, then Gandalf comes. He meets the guide. He goes on a journey. And then the rest of the story plays through the rest of the hero's journey, right? Um, you could literally pick any movie. You pick Rocky Balboa. You could pick... Um, you could pick... Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a Disney movie, Moana. You could pick, uh, you could Princess Bride. Like it doesn't matter. Like, they all follow the same, this same, same journey. Okay. And so I love this because again, in the business world, I teach storytelling. How do you tell a story in a way to persuade somebody to do something? You follow the hero's journey. It works flawlessly from a story selling, storytelling standpoint. But in personal development, um, I think the reason why this framework has been so 
has been in every culture, every time is because it's, it's literally the framework of our lives. Like it's the thing that we're supposed to be doing. Like this is us, right? All of us start in an ordinary world, right? And then we hear this call to adventure and then we go on these different adventures. I think about the adventures that I've gone through in my life. Like I went through, you know, growing up, I, I had a very ordinary life. I woke up every morning, went to school, came back home, watched TV, ate dinner, did homework, went to sleep. And that was an ordinary world, right? Until eighth grade, I found out about wrestling. My dad wanted me to wrestle. And he was like, oh, wrestling's the greatest thing in the world. And there's a call to adventure. Like, you can go start this thing and become a wrestler. I'm like, I don't want to be a wrestler, dad. Refusal to call. I don't want to do this. And my dad forced me to go and do it. And then I met my, my coaches and the whole, boom, the, the whole thing went through and it changed my entire life. I became somebody different because of that. Same thing happened in business. Same thing happened in my marriage. Same thing happened with my kids. Like every time I've started a journey, it takes you literally through this exact same cycle. It's really fascinating. Like if you want to study a, like a map of your life, like where you are and figure out where you are in the map in your current journey, like it's really fascinating. But that's beyond what I'm going to talk about today. I just wanted to get you guys excited about the hero's journey because it's fun. So what I'm going to focus on today is just these first three steps. Okay, the first three steps here, um, because these are the ones that where most people get stuck. Okay, we talked about resistance. If you read uh, Out in the Devil, we talk about people who are driven versus people who are drifters. And like, and like most people in life, they drift. Most people don't pursue their goals. Most people let resistance keep them from moving forward. Okay. My goal, hopefully with this community is that we are not those people. We are people who pursue past that. Okay. So knowing that like 98% of the entire population never makes it past step number three, this is why I want to spend so much time here. That's why this entire module is called refusal of the call, because this is where most people stop. So how do you get past that? Right. How do you become the 2% who actually go on the journey? Okay. So step number one, we'll talk about the ordinary world. So the ordinary world is where you are today. Now, if you get, if you think about this from, um, from any movies, ordinary world is usually a physical location, right? Frodo was in the Shire. Rocky Balboa was in Philadelphia. Like everyone, like uh, Lightning McQueen was doing the first race of the Piston Cup. They're in this ordinary world. And then from there, they move, they, they physically leave locations, okay? And any movie you watch, like next time you watch a movie, notice you start the movie, the hero starts in their ordinary world with their family, their life, everything. And they hear a call to adventure and they physically leave their location, okay? Now for a lot of us, who are doing this work, whatever you're called to do, you may not be physically leaving your location, okay? It's not a, like sometimes, it is, sometimes it's like I'm moving across country, or I'm pursuing this job, or I'm, you know, so sometimes it is a physical location, but more typically when we are talking about success and personal development, trying to become the next level of ourselves, uh, what's typically happening is not a physical location, it's literally your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is this thing that you've been programming for however many years you've been on this life, and it has become your ordinary world, right? And so inside, there's a whole bunch of things. And I'm not going to go deep into this today. We're going to have other modules going different. But um, up to this point, you have figured out your values. Like, what are the things you value, right? You figure out your identity. You figure out your beliefs. You figure out the stories. You figure out your needs. Like, this is who you are. And like, this is your ordinary world. Now, this is something that you're comfortable in. The things about ordinary worlds, you're comfortable. Like, I feel good about this. I like, I like being here. Like, I understand it. It's, nothing's changing. There's nothing scary about it. Like, I'm, this is my ordinary world. And so when you hear this called adventure, it's like, you have to leave that. Okay. And again, in movies, it's leaving a physical location for you. It's like, for me to do it means I have to, sh- I have to change my values, which is scary, right? I have to change my identity. Like I have to change my beliefs, my stories, my needs. Like I have to like consciously take those things and shift them. That's how you are leaving. Cause your ordinary world is the world you've created in your mind. This is the, the thing that you are in right now. This is your ordinary world. Okay. And so you're going to be leaving that and it's scary. And so your subconscious mind, your brain, all these things are not going to want you to do that because they spend their entire life programming you to be a certain way, right? My whole life prior to being a wrestler, like my brain, I spent 
uh, what, 13, 14 years of my life programming myself where I was a lazy kid. I literally woke up, went to school, came back home, ate Rice Krispies and watched cartoons, and then I do eat dinner, do my homework, go to bed. And like that was in my brain to figure out a pattern. It was perfect. It was like flawless. I like, killed nothing's gonna hurt us. Nothing's gonna be stressful. Everything's gonna be perfect. There's no fear, there's no growth, there's nothing, but you are you are fine, you are safe, you are happy in this ordinary world. And everything was great. Until I hear this call to adventure. And my brain's like, no, 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 no. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds hard. We're gonna have to like stop eating junk food. You're gonna have to go work out and run and move and like like who am I? Like my identity was like, I, I'm a kid who comes home and watches TV. I got to shift my identity to like, I'm an athlete. Like, like that's a big identity shift I didn't have before, right? All these things have to shift. So understand that for you right now, the ordinary world is your subconscious mind. It's all these things that you have become um, over time, right? And so that's the beginning is understanding that you're in this ordinary world, okay? And then the next step in the, in the hero's journey is you hear a call to adventure, right? And we talked about this a lot on um, module one and module number two, right? I talked about the calling, like you hear this calling and it's not a physical calling where you're like, hey, Russell, you're supposed to go start a business and go do this thing. Hey, Russell, you're going to become a, like, it's not a physical calling like that, but it's more like a desire. And I believe God's placed these desires in our hearts, which is him saying like, get off the couch and become who you were called to be. Get off the couch because you're supposed to be somebody more than you are today. Right? So he places these, these desires in our heart and our mind for us to do something. That's the call to adventure. Right? Even this whole journey right now with, with Secrets of Success and the books and all this kind of stuff, like, this doesn't make any logical sense. I have a software company. We make insane amounts of money. I'm happy. Everything works. I got a team. Everything's, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, Russell, you should go buy a whole bunch of old books. Okay, like, oh, that sounds like fun. So I start buying old books. And then it's like there's more and then more. And then all of a sudden it's like you're investing your life savings in these old books. I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't know, but I feel called to do it. So I'm moving towards it, right? And it's like, hey, you're going to start a business. Like, why have I started a business? Because you need to share these things with other people. I'm like, but like, it's going to distract me from my core business. I'm going to make less money, not more, right? Like, well, you need to do it anyway. And it's like, all the money I make from this, like reinvest in more stuff. Like, you're not, like, not going to actually make any money from this business, Russell. This is just here to serve other people. And so you can get more stuff to serve more people. I'm like, but this is like so much effort and energy. It's like, yeah, but that's it, right? And so my brain's like, no, no, no. Like, I create an ordinary world. It's perfect. But for some reason, I have this call, right? And some of you guys, it's called to like fix your marriage. Some of you guys, it's to help a teenager. Some it's called to be an athlete. It's called, like everyone's got something different, right? But you felt that. I'm assuming, right? Have you guys felt that? Have you felt something inside? Okay, that's the call to venture. Again, it's, it's a desire placed in your heart for something more, for something for you to, to move towards, right? Um, in the hero's journey, um, it's the journey of achievement. Like there's this goal, right? Like, Frodo, like, here's this call to venture. You need to take this ring and get to Mordor. With uh, Lightning McQueen, it's like, you want to win the Piston Cup. With me, it was like wrestling. I want to become a state champ. With me in business, it was like, I want to be able to hit these income levels. I want to be able to have this lifestyle. Um, with my kids, it's like, I want to be able to have a good relationship with my kids, with my wife, with my spouse. Like, again, it's, it, it's, it's there, right? We have this call to adventure. Okay, and I'm assuming that if you're here, you've probably felt that before. Maybe you didn't have something tangible to call it. You didn't know what it was, but you felt this tight, this tug or this pull, right? The pulling you towards something. So that's the call to adventure. Okay, step number three is called the refusal of the call. And what happens is basically after you get called adventure, like, hey, you should go do this thing. You're like, wait, wait, what? No. Like for me to do that, like it's going to cost me time and energy and money and effort. And like right now I'm in this ordinary world. It's perfect. Like life is like, it's grand. It's per- like, I, I've spent... 10 years of my life, trying to make this perfect environment, nothing will mess up. And you're telling me you want me to leave? No, right? And even though consciously you're thinking like, oh, I want to go do these things. Subconsciously, your brain's like, no, 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 no. I spent so much time creating the pattern so we don't have to think, so we don't have to expend calories or energy. We can just be focused on this thing. And now you are telling me you want to go on this journey, which is going to be painful. We have to learn new things, try new things. You know, like, like all the stuff starts coming up, right? And that's what happens to most people, okay? And that's where resistance is the loudest, okay? 
Now, resistance will hit you everywhere along the, the journey you're going on. But man, it is the loudest initiative to say, if I can cut this thing off before it starts growing, I don't have to worry about any of the rest of the effort, right? So it comes in hard. It comes in fast. It's the reason why only 2% of the people ever make it past this, right? It's because this is where it's going to hit the hardest, refusal to call. And your brain's going to give you a million reasons why it's not possible, why you shouldn't do it, why somebody else should do it, why you're too young, you're too old, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that. Like, it's going to give you everything you can to make sure you don't do it because it does not want you to pursue so the question is like, well, how do we overcome that? Okay, it comes down initially, again, to awareness, like, like being aware of what's happening. Okay, every time you set a huge goal, the adversary, the resistance is going to come and try to stop it fast, try to crush you down before you have a chance to pursue it. Okay, I don't know about you, I have some big goals this year that I started pursuing, and I can feel it. Um, man, like I can feel every time I like think about these things, it's like, no, 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 like putting pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure on me. I'm like, man, this is crazy. As soon as I set this huge intention of what I want to do, instantly it comes and it comes and it comes. You got to be aware of that, knowing it. Otherwise you're like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. The universe is telling me not to do this because of all the resistance. Like, no, 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 no. The universe is the one that gave you that desire. God's the one that gave you that desire. The resistance is the adversary. It's the one saying, you don't do that. I don't want you to become someone else. I don't want you to grow. I don't want you to do these things, right? That's the reality. That's the truth, okay? So becoming aware of it's number one. Um, the next thing is understanding um, with resistance comes this four-letter word. It starts with an F called fear, right? We have these fears. And sometimes we don't call them fears, but they are fears, right? Like this fear of like, what happens if I go on this path? Um, and it's interesting, I was doing a lot of study about fears and I, came up, I found some really cool things I thought were, were useful. Um, number one, do you guys know, so there's fears of the body. Like we're born with some fears. So when a child is born, you know there's only two fears that a child has when they're first born. How many of you guys know what it is? If you do type it out in the comment section, Okay. The first fear, actually I have this on slides too, so I'll pull it up as I'm going through. Um, the first fear is the fear of falling, okay? So kid, if you have them on the side of the edge, like, oh, like you have a fear, like, oh, I'm gonna fall. Like that's instinctively built into your nervous system is the fear of falling. And then the number two fear is the fear of loud noises. So if I clap my kid's face, you shouldn't do that to your kids, but if you're like, clapping your kid's face, like, oh, like there'll be fear of that. That's the only two fears you are born with. Do you know that? Everything else is learned. So if you're afraid of spiders, or you're afraid of this, or afraid of that, like all those other things, all right, spiders, somebody, I'm scared of spiders, or snakes, or um, someone looking at you different, or uh, like all the other things are learned. You learn them from your environment, from your society, from people around you, like everything else is learned. There's only two that you're born with, right? Now, most of the time, the fears of the body, these are probably good because it's your body teaching you how to like not fall, you know, to be able to move your loud noise. If spiders are coming, like, like protect yourself from the spider. Like if a bad guy with a knife comes at you in, in the middle of the night, like that kind of fear, like those fears are typically good because it's your body like protecting you from something. Okay. But there's a second type of fear that um, is almost always damaging and it's fear related to the ego. Okay. And Tony Robbins says this. He said there are two core fears that everyone has. Number one is the fear that you are not, not enough. And if you're not enough, then you will not be loved. Okay, these are the, the fears of the ego. So I'm not, not, not enough. And if I'm not enough, then I won't be, be loved. Okay. And so this is something where it's our ego, right? We're like, man, I'm afraid. What if I try and I fail? And I'm not going to be enough. If I'm not enough, no one's going to love me. I mean, my spouse won't love me or my kids won't love me, right? So how many of you guys, when you start on this hero's journey, you're like, I'm going to go on this thing, I want to do this thing, all of a sudden you're like, oh, like, this is all here. You're like, okay, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to like, da, da, da. But also, like, and so your body, like, here, you're like, okay, I'm good. But also the ego pops up and it's like, well, 
What if, you, what if it doesn't work? What if you look like an idiot? What if someone makes fun of you? What if they talk trash about you online? What if they, in the comment section happens? What if you get canceled? What if this? What if this? And all of a sudden you're like freaking out. And all it comes back to these two things is like, number one is like, if that happens, you're not going to be enough. And if you're not enough, it means that you're not going to be loved. Those are the fears. That's what's holding most people back. That's why people don't move past step number three in the hero's journey, right? The fear of that, of not being enough, not being loved, okay? I thought it was really fascinating. Um, it all ties back I had the slides here. It ties back to status, like status increase and decrease. Like we built this ordinary world where we're happy in the status line. Like well, this is where we're at. Everything's perfect. And our fear is like, if I go on this journey, what's gonna, is going to be a status increase or decrease? Well, initially it's going to be, de- if I have success, it'll be a status increase. It'll be great, right? Then I will be enough. And people will love me. That'd be amazing. That's the goal. If I go on this journey, I'm going to have a status increase. It's going to be awesome. But then the fear of the status decrease, if I do fail, then what happens? Like that, that fear of the other side is what keeps people from moving forward, Okay. 